this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to the Reluctant Agilist. Today, I am joined by two brand new CSTs. So I'm Elena Jacobson and Mario Mello. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you, Dave. Um, Thank you for the invitation. And so we're going to talk about your CST journey, but we're going to focus on the, the way that you prepared, which was distributed pairing. So I definitely want to talk about that. But maybe before we get started, um, if you could introduce yourself to the folks that are that are watching and listening, um, just give them a little bit of background so they have some context for who you are. And also you're spread across various parts of the planet. So that would help too. Um, Elena, would you mind going first? Yes, I would. And um, so I'm Elena. And so I'm like to say I'm the Dane that lives in South Africa, Cape Town, <laughs> background. Uh, I have a background actually as a software developer, uh, I, but I also like I actually fulfilled all scrum roles. So I wasn't a software developer for very long, but I like to say one time software developer, always software developer, right? Uh, <laughs> I have for many years now been working as an agile coach and trainer, and I'm doing so in Cape Town, enjoying that. Okay. So, short about me. All right, and Mario? Well, I live in Brazil, Belo Horizonte. I'm also a software developer. I uh, still am. I own a small software development company, and that's my small lab where I learned a lot from my own failures. Uh, I also had to go through all of the screen accountabilities uh, for all this time. And since 2014, I've been training and coaching more. And that was when I learned that I knew a little bit about Scrum and Agile but I wasn't a very good trainer. So I started to develop the skill as well. I didn't know I'd, I had to, but that's okay. when the, the journey started. So you were both coaches and then trainers, right? Not trainers first and then coaches. Mine actually started at the same time. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's hard to do a line. Mm, yeah. I, I feel very much they go hand in hand often, right? Because the coaching role is also to train people. Okay. All right. But, but usually that's smaller groups, right? I mean, we're not like 20, 30 people. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm curious about the journey that you went through and maybe you can, between the two of you, share the story of how you got to the point where you started pairing up to work on preparing for the tech. I think that's a sweet story. Hey, Maya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually, uh, I think we were both on our journey for so, some a, a little a while. And then we met up as it did London, if I remember right, correctly. So me no, coming no. from Cape, was it not London? It was in Austin. It was in Austin. It was in Austin, yes. The, uh, yeah. They're almost the same. It's easy to yeah. see how you mix that up. <laughs> so here, this uh, I come from Cape Town, was the only one from Cape Town there. Maya from Brazil also didn't really have anybody. And we sit at a table, a round table. I still remember that. It was yesterday. And I look over and say, hey, I'm Elena. And Maya was, hi, I'm Maya. And since then, we just talked. Now, did you know <laughs> at the so, time that you were both on the path to becoming CSTs or you just met first? We had Ian. It was an accident. No, but I guess we, at first, yeah, we just we were just uh, on the table. I think it was like breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then we were, went in for, for all the, the sponsors just to check who they were and just, you know, getting to know people in the event. Um, and somehow I think Melena was the first person I met there that I actually talked to and we created a, a, a really strong bond in the first day. And then we just okay. kept meeting and discovering that we were in the same journey. Um, it was really natural, I guess. Okay. And how long, so we'll start with Melena. How long did it take you from when you started working on becoming a CST to what happened a few weeks ago? It was actually, and I still remember, it was 2017, I really was pursuing it. I was like, I want to do this. Um, okay. I want to go on the journey. And I think many that starts this journey, it's, uh, oh, it doesn't take so long, like everybody says. I yeah. definitely had that feeling. I was like, nah, that can't be so difficult, man. Two, three years. I uh, I heard people saying, right, five years. I was like, I can definitely beat that. Um, but I think when you start out, it's a matter of getting there, right? You don't understand mm -hmm. the journey it takes. And I still... Now, when I see people becoming the CST, it's all about getting there. And I truly believe it's actually first when you get there, you can realize what journey you have been through and truly appreciate it. Yeah. Because you're so focused on that goal. And it's a shame because the journey itself, like I wouldn't have been without that. Yeah. So since 2017, I 
truly approached it and and yeah now we're in 2022 okay and mario for me i would say it's uh, 2018 uh when i first uh, i really focused on that but, but as melana said uh it begins earlier right because i was a csd trainer before so i was given training i was learning a, a little bit but i wasn't really focused on becoming a csd so when i started the journey i had the same feeling it won't take that much time but it took and it was a good time all right so i want to set up a little clip here um that maybe the scrum lines can use but for either of you if you met somebody in the hall at a conference and they were like, oh, I'm going to get it done in a year, because a lot of people come in like, it'll only take me a year. They're sure that they're they're there. Um, what would you say to that person if you met them at a, at a scrum gathering and they said, I'm going to become a CST within one year? Well, I would say that you might get frustrated. I mean, frustration is a feeling that will be very common during your journey. <laughs> Sometimes you get frustrated and you need to get over it. But if you establish like unrealistic goals, then the frustration might be too big for you to go on. Okay. So we might as well just set up the right expectation level. Okay. I would actually ask them, what is the reason for you to become a CST? Uh, okay. Because I think many of them is focused again on that goal, yep. maybe money driven or something like that. Then actually, what is it you want? Because when I asked myself that, it was for me, it wasn't about just giving courses. Like right now, I haven't even think about when my first CSM is going to be. For me, okay. it was to be to actually my CST was more about am I that good? I stand to say I am ah, that good. Okay. So the growth of it. And if that's the purpose of it, what does it take for you to get there? And that's the journey, right? So for me, it was always the question, am I good enough to be on that level? Okay. And what does that take? And did, did the answer to the question that you had change throughout the course of your journey? Yeah. In what way? Um, because you don't know what you don't know. Okay. <laughs> and what I mean by that is saying you can, I, was, I thought I was a brilliant trainer. I thought I was a brilliant coach. Uh, because you, especially when we now look at the Scrum framework, right? We think we know it. It seems so simple. And <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave, you laugh, right? Because... Yes, you maybe read the, the guide and think, no, that's easy. But for me, it was the journey of what does it actually mean? Like I went into nearly each, also maybe now I'm dual language, right? So English is not my first language. So also even to understand what does this word actually mean? Why did they choose that, not over that? Yeah. And for me, it's the depth of that. And it's the journey to have that full understanding. That takes time. Okay. And, and those are me, the small frustrations. Those yes. are the most frustrations, right? Because yeah. you think you're good enough and then you realize that you're not. But then you yeah. think again and you realize that you're not there yet. And you have that feeling many times during your journey and you get to, to get the best of it. Just to know that every time you feel that, you improved a little bit. Yeah. And it's one day you have improved enough, but you don't know when. Okay. So the... The thing about language that I think is uh, the reason I was laughing is because just like as recently as last week, something that I've been teaching a certain way for like months and months, um, my, my, I teach the classes with my wife. And so she's had been going through the scrum guide as I cover the topic and marking out all the words that I say that are like, this is not what it says anymore. Like it's totally different now, uh, like calling roles accountabilities and how long does a sprint last and things like that, um, where even like where I think I know it and I'm good at, I feel like I'm good at teaching it, but my language is not always current. And that's something I keep having to go back and relearn over and over and over again. So it never stops teaching you. Um, so how did the, how did the pairing end up happening? Like what was it that, that, that caused the two of you to end up working together? Um, there's, they, I would say there's multiple factors. Firstly, of course, the connection we had, it, it just okay. felt natural. So you met um, each other before you met, before you started working with Ian, right? Yes, okay. yes. Okay. Uh, and then, so I was, I was being mentored by Ian McKenna and Mario were being mentored by Michelle. Um, and they kind of also brought us together. Um, and then it was Ian's idea to also start actively. I think his approach was like, guys, if I don't give you the last push, this will take forever. <laughs> 
So it did feel a little bit like, uh, let us set a deadline so we can uh, do this a bit quicker, basically. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think that's actually also what it comes down to, like the whole application process, right? It can be quite overwhelming. Yeah. And we were also like, there is a lot to fill out and a lot yeah. to like, and I like what you guys say, right? It's not a checklist, like, like it's not the bare minimum, rather do it over <laughs> achievement. Yeah. And that was actually our approach to it. Like we want to make sure you guys can't turn us down when we submit. Um, so we like drove each other there uh, and the support of that, I think that was what was brought us to where we, we ended up. Okay. And Mario, you made it despite working with Michelle. That's, that's an impressive thing. Um, he's, he's not an easy person. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't let not. it go without taking a few digs at him. No, he's, he's awesome. Um, and I think with both of the people that you worked with, that they are pretty hard critics. So I think that I would imagine that some of the feedback you got was kind of tough at times. Yeah. Uh, when I, I mentioned the small frustrations, there you are. Uh, so we run a lot of simulations. And every time we try the simulation, uh, we, we did that for honest feedback, right? And sometimes yeah. that honest feedback was way too much. So we try to do that like two times a month. Okay. And up to a point that we were scared to go to the simulation, you know, because every time you felt you're good enough, we had, we had good simulations. Let's be fair. We had some days that we actually nailed it and the simulations were really nice, but those were the exceptions. Okay. And the thing is, we started to run simulations with just the two of us. So it could be a little more, uh, let's say, comprehensive with each mm -hmm. other. And um, both things work. We need the criticism. We need the, the small pushes in the right direction. Yen gave us both. Uh, we were just um, on, on the same page, right? We're on the same journey. So the, the actual feedback we gave was a little bit different. So we had these two kinds of simulation sessions. Okay. And they both worked for us in that way okay maybe also to add it gave a lot of these conversations but like as i said like what does this actually mean what is your understanding what is your understanding and we had a lot a lot of our simulation ended out in discussion of what is does it actually mean and they in ah. the growth so what i what sometimes you can have the feeling when you do the simulation you just practice for the tech how does it grow yeah. but if you take it beyond like we doing the simulation to create better understanding. So we may more did the simulation to, to do as I, have I understood this actually correctly? Yeah. Uh, are we on the same page and have those conversations? And that's truly where the growth comes in. I think that definitely. I think that, I think that one thing that we learned through this journey also is about feedback because Ian knows how to give them. I mean, sometimes even when they, they are hard, we left the simulations with concrete actions that we should take in order to improve ourselves as trainers right so we learned to do that as well in a, in a better way just by watching how he did that uh with us okay so um i would imagine that also being able to support one another is a big deal and i think what you said about that depth is really important like there's been a lot of people that have gone through where you might know the textbook answer but one of the things we're searching for is like Maybe there's something you agree with or don't agree with in the scrum guide, but you've thought it through to the point where if we ask you about it, like you have sound reasoning, you actually have an answer. It's not just like, well, the guide says this or, or I don't agree with it. I mean, like you've got a reason for everything that you're doing. The intention I think is really important. So that's actually, oh, go for it. No, no, go ahead. No, because it makes me think about this, what Mario said, the way we practiced for the simulation even though we had this group simulation with Ian and uh, other CSTs, um, we actually ended up using a lot of time, just me and Mario, of going through like the learning objectives and said, like, what does that learning objective mean? And how would you actually describe it and have those discussions? Okay. We, we actually didn't have simulation simulation. We just like, how would you have the conversation? How would you train it? What metaphor? And we actually that way upskilled each other. A good example, like before we start this journey, I actually nearly never used metaphor in my training. Oh. I know Mayo is, is brilliant at it. Um, my, my strong side was to quickly create activities into a training where Mayo was not strong at that. 
Okay. And I can see now, after we work so much together, now I constantly do metaphors All right. <laughs> because we trained each other in, in our ways of, of thinking by spending so much time together and upskill each other. So that's also another growth, right? That you don't yeah. think about when you do it. Yeah. And both in strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Right. Because uh, I learned a lot from Marlena's activities and I used a lot of metaphors. But besides that, she knew my weaknesses which would be focus and I like to discuss a lot of things and she'll come on Mario focus on whatever you're teaching and I know Melina's weaknesses which would be like she likes to do a lot of activities and sometimes I just hey don't use an activity there just try some open discussion and and try to deliver the DLO yeah. So that helped us to develop ourselves as a trainer as well this connection knowing each other uh, helped a lot and and learning different ways to navigate the material like i think that that's always another thing we're looking for it's not just like you only have like this is the only marker you brought you've got like a whole bunch of other markers too and you can swap them out depending on what you need them for so you do an exercise here a metaphor there a story over here because that's what the room wants um exactly how many times did each of you submit before you got through to your first panel once once okay. okay good so you had somebody working with you while you were working on your submission or you just did yes. it all yeah okay the whole thing started uh the feedback uh sessions before the simulations we had like each other uh reviewing each each part of the document okay. since the, you know the personal letter uh for the materials everything uh we we didn't submit a single thing without a reviewer okay and then, and I, I just want to point out for the folks that are watching, listening, like that is kind of rare too. A lot of people, it takes multiple submissions, but how many panels did you go? How many times did you go before the TAC before you made it through? Both twice. Okay. So you both went through but twice. Can we just talk about the, the application? Because yeah, absolutely. They, what, what was important for us was we of course had Ian that could also give us inputs. And then we also had Ross and Jim, part of our group, that they submitted before. So we also got feedback from them. So they never gave us anything. It was, you do it, we will see it and say if you're good. So I think that's the idea. The other part of it also, when we worked on this, was we never actually talked about a topic beforehand. You actually go write it and then we read each other's. And it, it was such an empowering way of doing because then we don't write, write the same way, right? And do the same right. thing. But then we could also learn from just, oh, you did it that way. I didn't even think about that. Oh, I did it this way. So it wasn't okay. stealing from each other's work, but we empowered each other. And I think that's a different way of working because I think many that do the application is so much work and you like, you don't want to share it because nobody can steal my work because I put so much energy in it also, right? So this way by us doing it first and then check each other, it didn't feel like we were stealing each other's work. Oh, we yeah. didn't also not write the same thing. So we had a lot of aha moments, yeah. right? Uh, because uh, because of the questions we made, like, okay, so we listed, let's say, 12 uh, Scrum experience, yeah. right? 12 different experience. You didn't mention any mistake. Did you never commit a mistake? And, oh, I should mention my mistakes and what I learned from them. Yeah. So the, this was a process, like a back and forth process that kept improving our, our documentation. So by the time we submitted, submitted it, we were, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say very confident, but confident. Well, you both, I mean, at least when I saw you, it was your second time, you both had a lot of confidence. And just back to the application, I think that vulnerability is really important. Like being able to, first of all, knowing the things, the parts where you have weaknesses, and being able to speak to them without trying to hide from them. And, and the other things, you know, the, the vulnerability that goes along with like going through this process, I think that's really important. You were, um, the fact that you had Ian and Jem and Raj working with you, I think those are, I mean, three great people to be working with. I mean, I hope it doesn't end up with a million people reaching out to them. But um, I mean, Jem and I've done a video on how amazing his application was and, I don't think I've seen anybody work harder than Raj. I mean, it took him a while and he got through and, the, and I'm sure that that was encouraging for you as well. I mean, somebody who'd been through like the hardest path. I think it's maybe also important because now it sounds like they were just happy to help us. And now it's not, but that thing about 
it was a give and take. So we were actually in the, we helped them already on their journey before we were even had accepted ours. So we invested time in them. So they also invested time in us. So as you say, don't just reach out to them and ask for them help. We actually. So they were working on their application. You were working with them before they both made it through. Yes. Wow. Yeah. We did simulation with them before okay. they even went. So we helped them practice where we were still, we felt we were too early in our journey yet to do that. Uh, okay. So it was, uh, let's help each other getting there. Uh, okay. So I said, don't just, those that listen to this, don't just reach out to people because it is a lot of time to use. So when you're yeah. all in it together, it makes it more like, so we actually made a working agreement saying we will stay in this group helping each other until we all true. That was one of the first wow. uh, signings we did. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it, it wasn't just a parent, it was a whole team. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And we also was. had Howie there. We didn't mention yes. Howie, but Howie and Elizabeth okay. were there. Yes. Okay. Okay. And, and they helped us a lot. Uh, and, and the thing you said, uh, mentioned Dave about uh, openness, right? Yeah. Being open to your vulnerabilities. Um, we we could feel that from the very beginning because we we didn't even start our documentation and both Cham and Raj they were receiving our feedback in a very open way okay so i know you're behind me on the, your journey where your feedback is as valuable as ian's feedback i'm listening to both of them and i i'm adapting to to both of them so right now you just mentioned that even now sometimes you make mistakes and it takes a lot of confidence to, to say that, to show your vulnerability, to, to talk about it, right? So I would say if that I, I need to give an advice to anyone who's going through this journey is like, be vulnerable, talk about it. Don't, don't try to be perfect because then you, you won't yeah. evolve. None of us and are perfect. Think, now when you say like it's, it's seldom people get through first time with their application, we really had that mindset that, that of, let's overdo it. Like let's not give them a reason to turn us down. So yeah. even that you say do ten training, we did twenty. Like uh, now I'm over, but but that thing, right? Uh, we did a whole document of inspector at that. Like we were like, we want to make sure we get through. So yeah, and I think yeah, that's... I, I always describe it as make it easy for us to say yes. Yes. Don't just do that. And and there was a person that was on the tack before who said, you know, we would talk about people who submit and just like just barely hit the minimum. He said, this is probably the most important job application you're ever going to fill out in your life. Why would you not take go the extra mile on it? Um, and also the other aspect for me, when I read, was writing it, I was like, make it as easy for them to read because there's a lot of documentation. Like, how yeah. can you make it as easy for them to get a view of you? And what do you want across them to know? That was the key for me uh, to yeah. say, how do I make it simple for you? Because I can just imagine to sit there with all the documents. If it's too complex, I personally would already turn, have a negative feeling towards it, right? Uh, like it can we, be we, are, <laughs> we are humans. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I'm, I didn't see any of your stuff until the second panel. So I'm just going to jump ahead and then we can come back. But I know that when I was reviewing them, getting ready for your panels, like for both of you, it was one of those, especially Melina, especially years, like I couldn't wait to meet you. Like I was really excited after I read all the stuff that you were like, this person sounds really cool and I can't wait to be in a room with them. And that for me, as somebody who's on the panel, it, to be able to walk in with that level of excitement about it is, is a rare thing. I mean, I'm always psyched to be in the room, but I'm not always as like, I can't wait to get in a room with this person and see what they're like. So that, I mean, just as a thank you, like for both of you, that was a really um, it made it nice for me to be to be able to be there. I, I'd like to talk about the panel. So you both went through your first panels when? December. December. Okay. And that was virtual, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and that did not work out for either of you. But I'm curious to hear about what it was like for you, kind of like immediately after, and then how that changed over time to when you came back. Well. I think that immediately after it wasn't like a really big of a shock because it's the first time we, we our materials passed for the first time, which is a rare thing to do. Mm -hmm. So going for the first panel would be even uh, very, more very rare. rare, even. Yeah, it's very rare. So I, I wouldn't say I wasn't expecting that, but it still, uh, it still is a frustration. So for me, 
it was different because the whole interview and uh, even the simulation, I wasn't able to actually connect to people to feel myself in the room as I do. It felt a little bit more artificial. When I look back to the, the second interview I did, it was a very easy chat. I was actually upset that the time ended because I wanted to <laughs> you know, keep talking to you guys for, yeah. for more time. It, it, get, it, it got emotional to a point. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't have those feelings in my first simulation. And I was way, way more nervous than I was uh, on the second interview. Okay. So I did my job. I made Malena's life easier because it didn't pass. So I took a lot of pressure over her shoulders because she was after me, right? And she didn't return the favor on the second panel. <laughs> So how much before we Melina, before you before you jump in? I'm curious about I mean you you did your first one virtual Mario, your second one in person. Do you think that and I might get in trouble for asking this question but I'm going to ask it anyway. How much of it had to do with the fact that it was virtual? Like it I mean it's easier to connect to people when you're in the same physical space, but would you blame it on the virtual or is it just because it was your first time? No, uh, I mean I could blame it on the virtual if i did a little bit better but right. it wasn't the virtual environment that uh there was the the decider right so i was very nervous i lost track of time um it, it wasn't a good simulation it was really really awful um but i could see a scenario where this that uh setup would get in my way because it wasn't truly virtual. It wasn't anything like the classes I was running uh, in a virtual environment because I couldn't use virtual tools, but I didn't have the feeling to be in the room. So I had to use the flip chart on the camera. So okay. small things that you do in the, the physical environment. For example, I remember you, you mentioning that during my second simulation, when I uh, went to you because you were asking a question and I just lowered myself to, to be on the same level because you were sitting. You can't do that thing, uh, those kinds of things in, in the virtual environment. Uh, it's right. hard to, to show yourself as you are in the room. Yeah. So, but for me, it wasn't the, deci the decider. Uh, it was my performance during the simulation that was really, really awful. I was very nervous. Okay. So uh, just for the folks that are watching and listening, what he's talking about is sometimes when we do them in the, in the room, people are able to use the physical space in a very conscious way and and when i asked the question what he did was he stepped towards me and and went from i was sitting he was standing lowered himself down so it really made me feel like he was closing in to just have a conversation with me and then was able to pull back out which is um a pretty skillful thing and it, and it is i mean the best you can do on video is to like you know lean in and address somebody by name um, but you don't get the same dynamic it's an unfortunate aspect of virtual so, Melina, I didn't give you a chance to talk yet. So, what do you what do you want to say about all this? Uh, no, I think uh, Mario's answer was so good there because <laughs> I, the easy thing is to blame the virtually. I do think it had an impact though because mm -hmm. I know both me and Mario, we are we are big personalities. We are good on, on in front of people. Yeah. Uh, so it definitely played in. But what what was the big difference? And definitely for me was the first time. It felt a little bit like uh, what's called dead or alive scenario. Like, <laughs> I, like would I, I nearly had a feeling if I don't make this, I will die kind of thing. Right? You, like, just to paint the scenario. Stakes that are really all high. Go through. It is because you've been working towards this for so long, right? Yeah. Like, now you get the chance to do this. You probably have to do it right. That's actually the feeling, right? So I think you're so nervous and you actually... It's the first time you try it, so you also don't really know what to expect. Even if you practice it all that, you don't know. That nervous, nervousity, what is called, <laughs> um, that comes over you because the stakes are so high, yeah. you can't prepare for that. Um, and I, I remember my feeling, of course, I was upset. You asked what the feeling was. I was uh, devastated afterwards. But when I asked myself, I didn't die. I didn't die from it, at least. And I remember my second time, I actually walked in and saying, it doesn't matter what the outcome is because yeah. I don't die from this. So if I don't pass, I can do it again. Well, more but, than that, you said you were there to learn regardless of yes. the outcome. And that, and that to me is, that was like a sign of somebody who's like, this person is really actually ready to be in this room because that's, 
what that is supposed to be about. It is, it's a learning experience. Yeah, and not, I take not that, like a stamp, that, like, hey, you're good enough, click, move on. No, but that goal, right? For me, again, we talk about it becomes this goal for people. I have to get this, and 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 this, like, the stake is so high. Like they say, what what if you don't get it? I don't think many people think about that. Yeah, uh, they very much. I can go in, and we all think we are amazing trainers, and then if you don't get it, I, everybody I hear that doesn't it. They, you you do fall down, and you're like blaming everybody else because how can yeah. you not be good enough? Uh, and that you have to be prepared for. So I think yeah. the right approach is to go in and say, most people don't make it in the first time and it's okay. You have another chance, but it's a learning. But yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So what Just don't fail the same way twice, right? Yeah. Just yeah. do some different failure in your, in your second time to show that you're actually improving. <laughs> uh, but otherwise you can fail as many times as, as, as it might happen, uh, as long as you learn a new thing from each failure. Yeah. So that, that reaction of, blaming i think that that's a natural thing i mean and you had commented on that in your panel as well melina but i think for people that are are ultimately successful with it you're able to eventually and it can some people it takes like a day some people it takes months to process that and see past you know you can point as many fingers as you want but eventually you have to start pointing them at yourself and ask what you could have done differently um the other thing, you just said something that I want to comment on, because I don't think we really talk about this with the tech. When I studied for the PMP exam, um, I took a class and the person was telling us about how to prepare for the day of taking the exam. And the PMP exam is really, really hard. Um, it's this grueling four-hour test. And the, the instructor said, you need to plan a celebration for when the test is over, because regardless of what happens, you're going to need, you're, you're going to crash really hard. You're going to need some way of picking yourself up. And if you don't pass, you're going to need it even more. And we don't, I don't think we spent enough time talking to people about that for the panel. We probably need to, but having something planned to celebrate the fact that even if you didn't pass, you got through it. And that's just one step closer to actually getting it. I mean, that's an important thing. Give yourself some kind of reward. I, for me, the reward, I I hear you, but for me, what actually made it, and I st still remember it so clearly, it was the support of having people around me. And what I mean by that is, when I walked out, or when I was done first the first time remotely, I had Mario, I had Ian there, I could talk with them. I had some yeah. support with somebody that knew what I had gone through. Mm -hmm. The same when I came out um, from the in-person, so Ian and Mario was both standing there. It was the best thing for me. They were there. They were there to support me. If I didn't pass, they were there to support me if I want, uh, win, right? Like, and we were like, either way, we're going out drinking. <laughs> that was kind of yeah. like, it's just, uh, <laughs> we're here to support you. And I remember why I highlight that is because I remember when I walked, when I came and was waiting for my interview, another guy came out and he just took his thing and, and he unfortunately didn't pass. And you could see how devastated he was. And he took his thing and he just walked out and there was nobody there for him. Yeah. I think I was just, I, I didn't want to do that. Like such a, it's a, such a big moment for you, either or, right? Yeah. To not have somebody to grab you, either to uh, get you, you you still good enough, uh, yeah. or saying, "Wow, this was awesome." Yeah. That for me was actually that in the moment. What has actually happened when you walk out? That support. <laughs> Who is there to support you? Yeah. Cool. Because it is a big deal. Yeah. Um. I want to I want to go back to the virtual thing for just for one second. So for anybody who's, you know, heading down this path, if, if what you just heard when we were talking about virtual versus in person was I'd rather do it in person than virtual. The thing is, the reality of it is now that we're all teaching virtually as well. You know, now we can teach in person again, most of us, but virtual is not going away. So that's a very different way of engaging with people and trying to build connection. Um, do you both feel more comfortable with that now than you than you did before? Like with being able to build rapport with people online instead of you know when you can't be in a room? So I actually think that's an interesting question because me and Mario had both done a lot of remote training before we went for the virtual tech. Okay. And I feel very comfortable. I've done a lot of remote work also uh, for years now. What was the difference was our remote simulation on the tech was uh, like an in-person. So we couldn't okay. like we use 
and that for me was different. I had to stand with a flip chart here on camera and draw. I don't do that when I give remote training. Uh, so I use different tools. So okay. it was the activity I used with like sent out into breakout room that you can do with Zoom and those things. We couldn't do that in a tech interview either. So we were very right. limited. Like one of my um, success with training is, is to activities. And suddenly I was yeah. limited to not be able to do that. Um, with that yeah, the thing is, that session was a virtual session to where you should show you as an in-person trainer. That, that's the main difference. So I, back then, I was Mario in person, but virtual. Yeah. And not the virtual Mario trainer, which is a different, I use different tools and different setups. Um, so it felt like, and that's the point uh, that uh, I was talking about the frustrations. It felt unfair because of that. And it took oh, me a lot okay. of time just to digest those those feelings, right? Because I felt, oh, it was unfair. It wasn't my classes. Uh, it wasn't like I run my classes. I wasn't evaluated by what I can actually do because I had those limitations. And after some time, what helped me through it, and it's a very, very funny thing to think right now, is that actually it should be unfair. I mean, it should be, because <laughs> you're gonna get unfair classes, right? You're gonna travel to some place and you wouldn't get enough sleep. And you wake up in the morning, maybe with a bellyache because you ate something in a foreign country that you shouldn't eat. And you need to deliver a course and it's not going to be fair. You're going to be there and you're going to be, you have some, I don't know, some weird students that don't like you. It's going to be unfair and you still have to deliver. So if you manage to deliver something to the tech in a very unfair environment, uh, and I'm not saying it's on purpose, but, but it's just because it's a one-time shot that you, you need to do your nervous. Uh, in my case, I'm speaking a foreign language, so I have a lot of things to think, like a yeah. background noise in, my, in the back of my mind. Um, it feels unfair. But if you can do that, then you're able to deliver classes uh, in a very weird conditions. And believe me, you will face uh, very weird conditions from time to time. So I want to try to reframe the unfair part. Um, also, I, I don't think you have to use flip charts. I mean, we've had plenty of people that haven't used flip charts, but um, we took away the tools that you rely on to make it easy for you to deliver. And we still expect you to be successful in delivering. Which, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of like if you showed up to teach a class and your materials didn't get there. I mean, that's happened to me before. It happened to somebody I know two weeks ago. And you still have to be good enough to get it across. And I think that that constraint is part of the test. And it's not like a constraint you didn't know was coming. It's not, we, we used to do things that were unfair. We haven't done them in a really long time where we would be disruptive students and things like that. Um, but I think that when you're able to, to get across with that level of, of command of the material, you know, and we had somebody come in one time and they started to explain Kinevin which I always have struggled with, like wrapping my head around that as a way of explaining, you know, uh, complex. And the person started to, to do it on the flip chart. And I was like, I, I don't, I asked a question and she ripped the sheet off and explained it in a completely different way. And, and having those multiple roads into getting the point across, I think that that level of mastery is a really impressive thing. And, and also maybe not something that I expect people to have like immediately out of the gate, you know, you have the tools you rely on. Um, so how are you different between the first panel and the second panel, like emotionally coming into it? Did you, did you feel much more confident? Like, were, were you at ease walking in there? Were you still super anxious? We weren't as nervous. I think what was also different was we, so we arrived in Denver a bit earlier and we had time to actually just be there for each other and, and okay. do some stuff. And I think that also changed it compared to the online where you like in your own house, I had to feed cold. a little baby beforehand. And then like, it was a different setup. We, we had some days to actually zoom in. I have some picture where we sit at a bar and on a slip on the back of a slip, we sit and draw, would you draw your flip chart like this? <laughs> okay. So we were, we were just like in, we had days to kind of like, zoom in and get into a zone so that helped me to not be 
as nervous. Uh, I didn't, it was a way for my day-to-day -day responsibilities. I could really focus. That, that helped me okay. to take it. Uh, okay. into I think that also living with the vulnerabilities, right? Uh, because the first time I was fighting the nervousness. I didn't want to be nervous. And then when it started, I was like, oh, I'm nervous. No, what do I do? I shouldn't be nervous. Now I'm even more nervous because I'm nervous and I shouldn't be nervous. <laughs> so that's very much what happened then. And on the second time, uh, it was more like, okay, I'm going to be nervous. There's no fighting it. It's going to happen. And I'll need to, to do it while I'm nervous. And okay, let's go. So as Malena said, uh, for me, it's like going to the dentist, you know, once they start the procedure, I'm at ease because I'm closer to the end of the whole thing. So I was nervous before, but when, once it started, especially if the interview and the interview is an awesome way to cool yourself down and, and, and put your thoughts right, I was very calm at the end of the interview. But then you gave me the yellows and I, I got nervous again. <laughs> so, But you knew the yellows I were coming. It's it. not like they were a surprise. <laughs> yeah, but that's what happens. You always get yellows. You don't think you're going to to have them. You know, you're, you're thinking about something, then you, you get something, you feel, oh my God, I don't know, what is a retrospective? I don't remember that. How, how do I do that in class? Did I ever do that in class? Yeah. So you get really nervous, uh, even through, it's something that we know by heart, uh, how to do it. We have like multiple ways to do it. You get nervous. Then you, you need to just do it while nervous. That's what happens. No, don't fight the nervousness. But my, I think also, again, it's that support that we gave to each other, that know yourself. And I think what we were good at was actually asking each other. So I was up on the Friday and you were up on the Saturday. So we could focus, like we weren't up on the same day. That was maybe lucky. So we had time to focus on each other. So I remember you asking me on Friday, what do you need from me? What can I do for you? And me the same for you uh, Saturday. We were very much there to support each other. Uh, and take that nerves away share like uh, like we even have, I remember still we had that conversation and it's actually good to be nervous because it means it matters to you and it should so we talked like the positive conversation instead of saying don't be nervous don't be nervous yeah so again we were in that so like a zone of helping each other uh, that was really um, I remember how we even followed each other over to the rooms uh, and say like do you want me to leave you now so it was very much on each other's premises right like yeah it, like we would accept each other's needs so we were like when do you want me to leave and so we didn't assume anything we really asked that person what do you need to get into the best mode okay. possible so being super explicit which i think that's probably really valuable advice i have um some friends who i know if, if i was in that kind of situation their efforts of being supportive would be being with me the whole time, talking to me, saying things like, you got this, which to me is like the worst possible thing anybody could ever say to me. Like if it was me, if I'm going to be anxious, I need to be, I would, I would need to be by myself because that's how I get into the headspace. Um, but also so, the thing, uh, maybe a, sim a silly example was, so I was up in the afternoon on Friday, right? So we had a whole Friday to go yeah. and Ryan was like, what do you need? And I said, I actually need that we sit down and just look through the scrum guide together. I know, like, I know I know it, but I just have some questions just to, and he was, I remember you said, my, but you shouldn't study, like study so late until. I said, no, but I just need that. So we actually took a drink and sat us down at the pool and just chit-chatted and just, no, just as it should. No, I actually know it. Yes, I know it, of course. But that was what I needed at that moment. And it worked brilliantly. And being explicit about those conversations, I think is a really important thing. Um, to the, to the subject of nerve of, of being comfortable accepting the nervousness, I think that's a really important sign too, because we all have those moments in class. I don't care how long you've been teaching. There's going to be days when you're like, all of a sudden you're like, what the hell was I just saying? Like, you don't remember what you were talking about. You don't understand the quote. You can't do math anymore. They're asking you something. I what? Um, and, and having mechanisms that you can put into play to like, recenter yourself and catch your breath i mean to me like when i started I, I think the first two years i was always just like please don't ask me that plus question please don't ask ah oh, damn it and or i get some student who just had to show me they were smarter than me and i'm like backpedaling the whole time and finding a way that i could like catch my breath and just be like 
I might want to punch this person right now, but I'm just going to take a moment. I'm going to get myself together and I'm just going to try again. And um, I, to me, that's a sign of somebody who's who's got the level of skill and experience that we want to see when we have people are out there teaching this stuff. That actually um, make me think about my two different simulations because in my first simulation, I lost track and I just battled to get back and like I lost mm -hmm. time and that impacted me. Where I still remember my second one, you guys asked me a question. I think it was you, David, and I, I was like, and I actually stopped up. I was like, just a second, I'm lost tracking right now and time is spending. I just need to rethink it. And I, so also to say in your simulation, don't be afraid of be a human and say that. Yeah. And I remember you guys said, okay, just take a moment, take a second. And it wasn't like, okay, I'm freaking out. It was just, let me brief, and then we continued instead of yeah. doing that battling and trying to get beat because it just takes longer. Yeah, and, and that is also the vulnerability, like owning the fact that you're not perfect, owning the fact that we all need time periodically to like, what the hell, do you, what? what? <laughs> Where am I? Why am I here? Um, all right, so, so one more question about getting ready for the day. So yours was in the afternoon. Mario, I can't remember if yours was in the morning or the afternoon. Well, the first one in the morning. Okay, well, but the second one was in the afternoon. I, I'm, this is about the successful one. So the second one was morning or afternoon? No, no. It was, um, the second one was in the morning. Okay. So also. I'm, I'm, this is another thing that I, I got from the, the PMP certification stuff. One of the things they told us to do before we took the test was pay attention to what you eat, drink, sleep, like how you, how you optimize yourself so that when you hit, whenever you're going to take the test, whenever you're going to go in front of a panel, that you are like at your peak. Right. Now, you don't know before you get to, to the location if you're going to be, or maybe you did know like what time and day you were going to be, but I'm curious about what each of you did in the hours leading up to the panel to make sure that you were as prepared as you could be to walk in there and be successful. That, unless unless, unless your answer is like we were doing shots in the parking lot. Right? No, but no. <laughs> the interesting thing is we're both laughing, right? Because we both arrived early, so we definitely were not jet lagged. And we okay. were jet lagged all day. So I think it was definitely not the most successful prepping. Okay. But Melendez had the, the, the very, uh, very wise idea because we were there uh, one day uh, before. She said, okay, let's just go to the hotel because we were in a different hotel. So let's go to the hotel, find which room is it so we don't get lost during the day. It's one less thing to concern ourselves. Yeah during the day so we just went to the hotel we didn't have permission or anything we just walked through nobody stopped us so we just kept going and we saw the room okay so this is the path we should take tomorrow it takes about 10 minutes um okay so you know uh, what at, at what time we should leave our hotel and that's one less thing to to concern about there was a brilliant idea yeah i do that when i'm teaching uh, as well i always make sure i go to the location the day before just to know how long it's going to take, where the Starbucks is, where the bathrooms are, like everything. Because that, there's so many things that go wrong in the morning when you're teaching. Like you don't need one more thing. And it's the same with the panel. So you found out where the room was. Were you able to get in the room to see what the room was like beforehand? No, we were just outside and kind okay. of just looked. Uh, but also, so what I, what we also both did was, uh, so I'm, I'm very competitive. I've done a lot okay. of uh, sport activities and always, for me, it's always been this, uh, I have my power playlist and I try to like psych myself up kind of like, uh, you're good with music and, and uh, like even the power post and like, I actually walk, get energy in you. Yeah. Uh, so I shared that with Mario and I know Mario you also did uh, some physical uh, exercise just to like use your body and that thing about when you move right you get blood around in your uh, mm -hmm. um, in your body and I still remember actually the first time I met you David was actually out in the hallway I was walking 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 and you were like I like I don't have time I'm walking here I'm in my zone just to, yeah and also to calm the nerves yeah it burns uh, off walk, the nervous walk, energy walk. yeah yeah, because I woke up 5 a.m. and my simulation was 8.40 and I knew I wouldn't sleep anymore. So I just got up the bed and, okay, I, I won't sleep anymore. Um, let's just get over with it. So I just put a really high music on my earphones and I started doing exercise, like push-ups, uh, whatever, just to, you know, uh, spend a little of, uh, of my energy so I could be a little more at ease during the simulation. 
Okay. Uh, I think it helped. I think it helped. I think for and I think for some it would be exercise. For others, it might be meditation or just reading a book or like anything that'll take your head out of the space that causes you stress or that you're going to be stressed about when you get there. You do have to kind of shift your mindset a little bit. So what did you yeah. do to celebrate? I know you went out for drinks, but like, was there was there some other thing that each of you did that was like your way of acknowledging with yourselves and your family? Like, look at this. First thing we met each other, the the, the outside, right? Because I think it was the, the natural thing to do because we've been through it the, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, as I was the second one and the last one on that group. So imagine if I didn't pass, we will still have the group. Wah, wah. So I had a lot of weight on my shoulders because <laughs> I was the last one. Okay. Um, so it was actually nice to just meet Malena, uh, Ian on the outside. So we celebrate together. Uh, the first thing we did was to go to our Slack channel and tell the other CSTs how he, um, Jim and Raj and Elizabeth, uh, the, that we passed that so this group can, we can rename the group. We're not CSD candidates anymore. So we actually <laughs> renamed the group. Okay. Um, and that was the first thing. And then family, because, you know, they, they supported us. Uh, I, I know I've been a very annoying person during a lot of parts of this journey because of the small frustrations I faced during the whole time. I had yeah. bad days. I had good days. Um, so I called my wife uh, and thanked her a lot for the support, for the comprehension of this whole thing. Uh, she was far away on the other counter. Um, and then we went for a drink. But actually, we were so tired because it's like everything just settled down. We just had a couple of drinks and went to sleep. That, that's how I celebrated. All right. And Melina, what about you? Yeah, for me, it was a bit special because uh, so I, of course, passed there on the Friday in the afternoon. Mario and Ian was outside and, and I, was, I was happy, but it wasn't done. Yeah. Um, because for me, it wasn't done until Mario had also passed. Like, and that's the interesting thing. I can also remember my reaction, right? Like, I thought I would start crying of happiness and I didn't. And I was just like, well, you did have a way of expressing joy that was. <laughs> I, it's true. I was happy, but it wasn't what I expected. I wasn't. Um, and the feeling afterwards was this like, yeah, we can celebrate, but we're not done yet. Yeah. Like we were really in this together. Like I wasn't. And that actually came out. And I remember, was it Erica coming out? And she said, like, when Maya then passed, and she said, now my lady just crying because I was standing there and there I could actually there. Then you could like my yeah. past. Then it was wow. Now we did it. And now I could also finally be happy and celebrate. So it was a funny little feel there Friday evening. You want to celebrate, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Fun. That's uh, awesome. And that's actually also, and I think that shows the depth in our commitment. relationship or what we yeah. went through, the commitment of it, because we always said no matter what we happen, we actually gave each other the hand on one of us doesn't pass, we're still in this together. And we will yeah. still commit the same amount of time to help the other person. We weren't here for, for one of us, like ourselves. We were here for both of us. I think what's so cool about that is that it's a great example of the stuff we're always trying to teach people in class about how the team succeeds or fails as one. I mean, that that is amazing evidence of that being true. Um, I really appreciate you both making time for this and, and for the work that you did. What advice, like just one final word of advice each of you has to offer candidates who are maybe at the beginning of this journey? I would say the same thing I said uh, in Denver to the CSD's candidates that were there. Uh, find someone who is in more or less the same part of their journey as you are. Because having a mentor is very important. It's someone who can guide you through, but this person, probably a CST, went through the TAC like uh, some time ago, right? And things change. The world changed. Oh, yeah. The requirements changed. So it's, it's hard for these people to feel like you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, they can try. They can try really hard. But it's just when you, uh, you are at this point, you can actually feel those feelings. So yeah. if you have someone, also a mentor and someone who is in the, a partner that you can go through, like, like going to the gym, Right. Some days you're lazy. You want to wake up early, uh, wake up a little bit late. And then you have a friend that, hey, come on, Dave, it's time to go to the gym. Let's go together. And then you need to get up and, and you go to the gym. Right? right. That's what me and Melena, we, we were for each other uh, during this, this, I don't know how many years, Melena, 
some of them. I didn't have white hairs when I, I first began. So <laughs> cool. All right, thank you. Before I answer the question, I think maybe one one thing to clarify also, like remember, I'm sitting in Cape Town. Mayo is in Brazil, which means for me it was always evening. Mayo was always morning yeah. when we met. So it was a true dedication for both our sides to actually make this happen uh, and work. You don't. So that and that commitment. So that commitment's really important. Yes, that commitment and. Being, I heard it's a value don't... of something. <laughs> yeah, it is a value, hey, something. Um, no, what I want to also mention by that is, and we all say it that's gone through this journey about it is the journey. Like figure out, like, it's not about the, of course it is also about the end, but it's like, remember that thing about how can you become one of the best? That's how I looked at it. For me, it was CST is to become one of the best scrum trainer in the world. What does that take? Yeah. And that is the journey to get there. It's not to cheat the system to get there. Because then you let us all down, right? If you cheated the system yeah. and you get this dam, then you'd drag us all down. Yeah. Uh, but if can we not all be of the high level, right? That that's what should be the aim. You should go on this journey. But I gotta say one thing about it: the journey. You can't see the island until you leave the island. So exactly. sometimes when you're in the journey, you're you're not being enjoying the journey, and it's okay. But after some time, you see, you look back and you see that it was worth it. So but Mario, that's also why it's so important with this partnership, because to be honest, we've also had many bitching sessions and venting sessions and being upset about the process and the, we don't want to do this it. anymore. Yeah, that's part of it. But have that person you can do with it so it doesn't get stuck inside you, right? Yeah. So on the other side of it, I guess the, the, the final two questions are, um, do you both think that it was fair and are you better at what you do than you were before you started? 100%. Okay. Uh, 100%. And to, to make it better, I think that the tech, the people on the tech, they don't, they want to approve you and they are trying to make the process more fair as it goes. Yeah. And I, I know because we have videos, we have this conversation in order to, to help people that are coming in. So yeah. we know that it's hard and, but people are working to make it uh, more, I wouldn't say easier, but let's more say fair, more fair more fair yeah yeah, yeah we have worked but, really hard at that but it is actually that thing right it's it's uh, to the fairness to understand what level does it take to become this because let's face it it is you have to be good not like yeah. you have to know your stuff and that for me is the most important thing but what hurt me is to see people go through this process to again just get the, the stamp to just get it over with because that i just said it right that will let us all down basically and it will water out the meaning of the cst yeah uh, cool well I, I also want to congratulate the three of us because we made it through this entire conversation and no one uttered a, an inappropriate word which very several times i was very close i'm sure melina you were too um <laughs> definitely so um Mario, if people wanted to reach out to you and get in touch with you with follow-up questions or anything, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, they could just find me on LinkedIn, but there's a lot of Mario Mellows there. So you could go to mellowmario.com and you'll see my contacts in there. Okay. And Melina, what about you? Also LinkedIn or Twitter, it's Melina MBJ. I'm actually the only one in the world with that combination of names. So All I'm right. a little bit easier to find. Okay, cool. And there's one thing I forgot to, to, to do, which was, uh, Mario, do you want to give a quick plug to your game? Oh, yeah, I, I created a card game to teach Scrum because I kept, I, I know every CST get that feeling right because every classes you face like some of, some of the same questions over and over again. So I got tired of answering them and I created a game so I could make those questions to the students and they could come up with the answers by playing the game. It's called Scrunchkin. Uh, it's not the best of the names, but I'm not a marketing person. Um, but I tried to combine the Scrum with Munchkin, which is a very popular card game. Um, and it's free. You can download it, you can print it. It's available on, on scrunchkin.com. All right. Cool. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you both. Both, I mean, for the work that you've done to go through the journey, I want to congratulate you on becoming CSTs, but I appreciate you being open and willing to have this conversation. Of course. Oh, it was a pleasure. I was very glad you invited us. Thank you.